Hello, I'm Matthew Bay, a senior analyst at Stratfor, a Rain company. This podcast is brought to you by Stratfor Worldview, Rain's premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence analysis. Sign up for the free Stratfor newsletter at worldview.stratfor.com. You're listening to Rain's Essential Geopolitics podcast, powered by Stratfor. I'm Emily Donahue. Let's talk about the mega drought in the western U.S. and the recent heat wave in the northwest. I read a headline recently, the message of which was pretty much that it was past time to stop asking whether such events are caused by climate change. My guest is Rebecca Keller. She's director of analysis for Stratfor's geopolitical analysis team at Rain. Welcome back to the podcast, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So, Rebecca, we've discussed similar events in the past. Can you help me place this in context? Is it the kind of heat cycle that is the new normal for the United States? It's it's hard to say whether this specific cycle is the new normal, if we'll have these kind of heat waves every year. What I think we can say and what needs to be considered um, in future risk predictions and risk calculations is that these kind of extreme events will be occurring more frequently, whether it be on the West Coast, the East Coast, um, hurricanes on the Gulf Coast, climate change is is causing an increased frequency of severe weather events. And, and right now, what's in the headlines are the heat wave in the Pacific Northwest and then a mega drought. It's been around for decades now, started in the early 2000s in the western part of the United States in Southern California, Arizona, the the Southern Colorado River Basin. Well, let's focus in on that area for now. What what does this mean for the western U.S.? With the Colorado River, it it adds a a complicating factor because there are seven states that, that draw water from that body, and it's a very complicated treaty. So I would expect... Um, domestically some interstate conflict about the allocation of those resources. Um, The river has long been over allocated and it's the southern states that are drawing, um, you know, more than their fair share of the water. And especially watch for California being targeted as, as the agricultural sectors in Southern California really do draw on on the Colorado River to help irrigate those crops. I think looking at it in the broader sense and less in the in the specific basin sense, I think what it means is that we are looking into a world with higher costs, higher risks associated with establishing um, activities, population centers, agricultural output in areas that are not necessarily naturally suited for it. So when you have to engineer to grow crops where irrigation is an absolute must, I think we're going to we're going to see um higher cost of water and I can see changes in how water is priced. Water has long been considered a right, but I think we're we're really hitting that precipice where water is you're going to have to charge what it costs in order to help people and help communities and businesses really accurately um take in the cost of that water as it becomes scarcer and scarcer. Well, that's something here in Texas that we've been discussing for about as long, a couple of decades, right? Um, Can we talk a little bit about um, such growing climate change risks, especially with water? It's hard to read how decision makers actually are viewing this or making policy. Can you tell me how this might influence them going forward? 
Sure. I think I think with climate change policy and and why it moves so slowly is it's it's hard to to advocate for or prioritize decisions that do not have an immediate impact. Um, this is a risk 20 years down the road. So it's, it's harder to prioritize that and get votes, to, in, especially in the Western society, to, to get sort of popular support behind, behind those kind of initiatives from businesses that are trying to make money, especially when, um, you know, adapting climate change practices might be more costly. But I think we've hit that point, and I think we're seeing it in boardrooms. I think we're seeing it in investment decisions. I think we're seeing it in companies' um, future plans in terms of building, um, using using green building materials, in terms of energy companies looking to, to diversify their portfolios. We're starting to see those business decisions shift where that long-term cost um, not necessarily switching over or adapting um, or using slightly more expensive materials that are less carbon emitting um, as the cost, but the cost of future operations, the cost of disaster relief, the cost of insuring against climate risk or weather risk going down. Those costs that are farther down in the scope are now being more greatly considered in, in those investment decisions and in, in, in boardroom decision making. I guess it remains to be seen whether governments will follow boardroom decisions. <laughs> I, I think I think we're starting to. I mean, the the private sector, especially in the U.S., really has been sort of the the sharp end of the spear in in seeing this movement go forward. But I think looking at the Biden administration and the goals set forth both in the um, his infrastructure plan and and the the climate summit uh, he held a couple of months ago, or maybe it was last month. Time means nothing in in near post pandemic world sometimes, <laughs> but um, but basically, I think we're starting to see more of a collaborative effort internationally along this too. It's it's a long road, but I do think we're starting to see government shift and and sort of government policy match that risk as well. We're seeing it in the transportation sector specifically, where we're seeing more and more bans um, proposed or coming up in the next 10 to 15, 20 years maybe for internal combustion engines. So you're seeing that policy push towards electric vehicles as well. So I think it's, I think it's happening on both fronts. Again, governments obviously usually move more slowly than businesses, but um, I do think you're getting pushes from both angles. Rebecca Keller is Director of Analysis for Stratfor's Geopolitical Analysis Team at RAIN. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. You can stay informed about the latest geopolitical events and developments with the Stratfor newsletter from Rain. It's full of interactive graphics and analysis from our expert team. Sign up today at worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. <laughs>